The story of Pasha's Mikkei is famous. We all know the story of how Para had his dreams, and none of the interpreters were able to explain them to Para's satisfaction. How the butlers remembered how Yosef had been able to interpret his dream correctly years back when he was in the jail of Potiphar. And how that led to Yosef being released from jail, being rushed to Pari, being presented with Pari's dreams. And that really became the beginning of Yosef's, so to speak, tremendously miraculous rise to power. How he was catapulted from being a slave, incarcerated indefinitely in the dungeons of Egypt, to the position of the viceroy of the second in command of one of the most powerful nations in the world. Not only that, the person responsible, so to speak, for the economy, for the sustenance of not just Egypt, but the entire world as well. It's miraculous, but it leads us with a tremendous question. And that is, Pari accepts Yosef's interpretation and therefore Pari decides to promote him to a tremendously important position. The man in charge of implementing, so to speak, the plan to save Egypt from famine. It's a position which the entire Egyptian population's lives depended on. Because if there was going to be this punishing famine, then there had to be somebody who was able to ensure that sufficient stocks were laid in advance. And they were done in such a way that the entire Egyptian population would have food to eat. And this brings us to the question. What was Yosef's skill? In the ancient world, there was a profession of Paiser Chalaymas, somebody who interprets dreams. Pare needed someone to interpret his dream. Pare was looking for a dream interpreter. The regular court interpreters didn't do the job. He couldn't find any other experts in Egypt who could interpret the dream to his satisfaction. And as a result, as a result, he was forced to call on Yosef, who was called someone who could interpret dreams from the jail. For that purpose, Pirate took him out of jail and was willing, so to speak, to consult him as a professional dream interpreter, which is how Pirate addresses him. I heard about you that you're able to interpret dreams. Yosef vindicates himself. Yosef is able to interpret a dream. But let's think for a second. Why does a person who is able to interpret dreams necessarily have the skill sets? to run a country, have the logistical know-how, have the systematic planning ability, have the ability to enforce authority, have the knowledge of how to store food. All of these are vital skills for the person who is going to be entrusted with the mission of providing for the entire population of Egypt. What was there about the fact that Joseph could interpret the dream that made him a candidate for all these other positions? 
he didn't have skill, he didn't have experience, he didn't have political connections. He was taken out of jail. We had been languishing for the previous 12 years. How could Pari even think of entrusting such a tremendous responsibility, such sweeping powers to somebody who had, all they had done was be able to interpret a dream? And it's more than that. Now, if you know the Pasuk tells us, Yezah was introduced as a Nair Ebed Ivri. All reasons why he wasn't suited to a position of royalty, to a position of importance in Egypt. He was young and experienced. He had been a slave. He wasn't even from the Egyptian nation. And therefore, it seems to us like lunacy. That Pharaoh would take somebody like that and appoint him to be second to the king, the Mishnah and the Melech. What was the understanding of that? If you had to give a marshal, even though I don't think a marshal is necessary, imagine you have a big, powerful, successful company and having a certain problem. They need some legal advice. So they call in a professional. This is his field of law. So some advice. And he gives them good advice. And I think, wow, you know, you gave him such good advice. You want to put you in charge of the company. Well, he has no experience in marketing, no experience in production, no experience in the product that the company is developing. Because he gave them advice on an unrelated issue, means now you have to make him the CEO of the company. It doesn't make any sense. Because he has to interpret a dream, means he's going to be put in charge of the country. So of course there's the other involved. But you have to understand, what was Pari thinking? Now I'm going to leave you in suspense for a moment because I want to tell you a story. It's not my own story, it's a story in the Nech. It's a story of David and Goliath, which comes in Shmuel, Aleph, Perek, Zayn. We know Goliath was a giant. Goliath, every morning, would come march out in front of the camp of the Jewish army and taunt the soldiers who's willing to stand up to me in combat. Who's willing to try and tackle me in warfare. And Goliath was enormous, tremendously powerful. Not only that, he was uh, had a full suit of armor. And the Jewish soldiers felt that Goliath was invincible. And they were all too scared to be willing to challenge him. And the story goes that David Melech came, his father sent him with a mission to bring foodstuffs to his brothers who were part of the, the body of soldiers in the Jewish army. And David hears Goliath in his daily challenge, who's willing to stand up to me, his daily taunt to the Jewish soldiers and to Hashem as well. And David is fired up with indignation. That uh, somebody would be willing, so to speak, to challenge Klai Israel, and David wants to be the one to stand up to fight him. And the soldiers look at him strange. You're not a man of war. You don't have experience in the military. You're still young. How in the world do you think you're going to tackle an experienced and powerful warrior like Elias? And even when he's presented to the king to Shaul, Shaul tells him the same thing. In Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Shaul tells him, 
You won't be able, so to speak, to fight this plishti. You're still young. You're a child. And he is a man of war from his youth, an experienced soldier. Now we know the story. David does challenge Goliath. Not only that, he doesn't even go out dressed for war. He doesn't take armor. He doesn't take a sword or a spear. He goes out with a sling and a few stones. And we know a nice happens. A nace happens and the stone that David shoots miraculously penetrates the armor around Goliath's head and the stone lodges itself in his brain and kills him. It's a tremendous victory. As soon as that happened, all the Jewish soldiers who were witness rise up to attack the Plishtim. All the Plishtim on their side of the battlefield who also were witness to their hero suddenly being vanquished turn tail and flee. And it ends up being a tremendous victory for the Jewish people. And the Pasuk says that when they return from battle, David and Melech, after successfully killing Ganyas, as well as the king, Shaul, who by default is the commander-in-chief of the Jewish forces, so it says, Yisrael. The women from all the cities of Pla Yisrael go out, the king to celebrate his victory. And the song they make up for the occasion is they said, Shaul killed his thousands and David killed his ten thousands. That's a song. Maybe it was a rhyme. It was made up to celebrate the occasion. They put Shaul first, he was the king, and David, because he was the one who really was the victor in the battle against Goliath. They weren't particularly accurate. David didn't kill 10,000. They were off by 9,999. David only killed one person, he killed Goliath. But, such as the song of the ladies, I don't think they were trying to be too accurate. But what's unbelievable is how seriously Shaul takes it. It says in the next passage, Shaul is exceedingly angered. And this, this matter was very bad in his eyes. They give David 10,000 and now you give me thousands. All he still needs is the, is the throne. Why did Shaul pay such attention to a silly song that the ladies were singing? Why did he see this as a challenge to the monarchy? So both of these questions have the same answer. It's a principle that you can learn from these stories in the Nakh, others as well. But it's a principle which is so important to remember in life. It's what I call the success factor. When one's looking at what makes the person successful, one's trying to predict what this person will be successful in. So sure, a person could look to see where they have experience, where they have skills, where they have talents, where they have training. 
But that's not a point also. Let's first look back to the story of Yosef. Again, Yosef was in jail. Yosef's rushed out of jail because the king needs a dream interpreter and he's being recommended as an experienced dream interpreter. This is Yosef's opportunity to freedom. In fact, this is probably Yosef's only opportunity for freedom. Nobody else cared about the fact that Yosef had been in a dungeon for years and no one would have minded had he been there for many more years. So when called that this was Yosef, so to speak, window of opportunity. He's now being taken out of jail. He has his chance to appear in front of the king. Yosef, logically, should do his utmost to promote himself as now that someone's looking to him as I'm having a skill. He should do his utmost to promote this skill. Maybe we'll land a job in the palace. Maybe at the very least we'll earn him a reprieve from jail. But you see what Yosef does. When Pari says to him, I heard about you that you know how to interpret dreams, Yosef's answer is, bid or die. It has nothing to do with me. I don't have any skill. I don't, have, I don't claim to be an experienced dream interpreter. HaKadosh Baruch will help me and Hashem will help me learn to a dream as well. That's a tremendous point. Instead of actually promoting himself, that of course, take me as a stage dream interpreter, I have the skill. No, I have no skill at all. HaKadosh Baruch will give the aid to HaKadosh Hashem did. And now we see a principle. And that is, if Hashem is with a person, and HaKadosh Baruch is going to make them successful, then they'll be successful in everything. They don't need the skills, they don't need the training, they don't need the experience. The fact that Hashem is with them means Hashem will give them success. Hashem will give him success, and we see this in the Torah beforehand. Again, by Yosef himself. When Yosef went down to Egypt the first time, and Yosef finds himself as a servant in Potiphar's house, and Yosef wasn't used to running an Egyptian household, but the Apostle tells us about Yosef then, a few words, and it says, his master saw Hashem was with him. If Hashem is with him, then everything is successful. Hashem was with Yosef and he was a man of success. And therefore, Potiphar saw I can give him any kind of job and he'll be to it well. Any responsibility and he'll perform satisfactorily. Not because he's learned how to do these things. Not because he has the skills. But because Hashem is with him. And Hashem is with the person, then Hashem will give him matzlacha in everything he does. And that's exactly the point that Paris saw in Yosef. When Paris speaks to his servants and tries to convince them why Yosef should be allowed such authority, why Yosef should be promoted to such a position, why Yosef should be given royalty even though this was against the rules of Egypt. Paris is one thing. 
הנמצא כזה איש אשר רוח אלוקים בו. You see Yosef has one tremendous quality. רוח אלוקים בו. The spirit of Hashem is in him. And if that's the case, we can give him any job, he'll do it successfully. Because when Hashem is with the person, then Hashem ensures the person will be successful. And there's no limit to how successful the person can be. Just like in Potiphar's house, Joseph rose to prominence and was successful in everything he turned to do because Hashem was with him. Same thing, Pharaoh was convinced that if he sees Hashem is with Yosef, Yosef can be given the responsibility. Yosef can be given maybe the job which no one else would be able to undertake. To prepare food for an entire country and by extension for the entire world for seven years. That's a job of tremendous responsibility. It's a job which is tremendous undertaking. Yosef's qualification, Hashem is with him. And if Hashem is with the person, they're going to be successful. And this is exactly the same principle by David Amalek. We saw before that Shaul turns to him and says, You're not able to find God, yes. You're only a nar, you're only a child, and he's an experienced man of war. And David's answer to Shaul was, Hashem saved me in the past from the lion. Hashem saved me from the bears. If that's the case, Hashem Hashem Hu I don't claim to be able to fight Kolyas. Hashem is going to save me. And Shaul says to him, David, Go. Hashem will be with you. If that's the point, you're going to fight because you're relying on Hashem to protect you. And you're willing, based on your bitachon, to walk into battle against the, a living tank called Goliath. Hashem will be with you. That's exactly what happens. David walks forward to accept the challenge to confront Goliath. Goliath looks at him. He says, this is how you come to me. Not dressed in armor. You think I'm a dog. And David responds. You coming against me with a sword and a spear. And I'm coming b'shem Hashem. And therefore, Hashem is going to give me into my hands. And that's what happens. David successful, not because David can attack a god, yes. Not because he's strong enough. Not because he has any military technique or strategy. But when a person comes and relying on Hashem, then when Hashem is with the person, the person is going to be successful in everything they do. And it says this about David. It says about David that everything he did, afterwards, everywhere he turned, he was successful. Hashem was with him. When Shaul and David returned from the battle, and Shaul hears the lady singing, Shaul will kill his thousands and David his ten thousands. It woke him up to this point. Shaul knew this principle. He said, it's true. If Hashem is with David, it might be that so far he's only killed one. One Goliath. But he's going to end up killing ten thousands. 
And if that's the case, he's going to become the Malik as well. When Hashem is with the person, they're going to be successful until the end. And that's why from that day on, Shaul saw David as a threat, as an enemy. Not because David was actively trying to ask him or depose him as a king. But he saw Hashem with David, and if that's the case, David's going to be successful. How did Yosef deserve that? How did David deserve it? Both for the same reason. Both for the same result. They both responded the same way. When they had to choose ahead of the issue, they chose to rely on Hashem to protect them. On Hashem to help them. And if that's the case, Hashem will come and help them. But now that Hashem is with them, that's the key to success. Let's give one more example of this. Not from the Torah, but we hold it in Hanukkah. The Matisio and his sons went to war against an empire. Five men against an empire. What did they think? They have a military technique? They have hidden weapons? No. None of that. They were going to fight Hashem Hashem. The Midr says that the Pasuk, Eile Barecha Vaile Basusim, Hanachnu B'Shem Hashem Elekein Anaskeh. According to one Midr, they didn't even go out to battle armed. They went out to battle to Daven and to allow Hashem to save them. And Hashem did. According to that Midrash, all the arrows, the catapult rocks, the stones, the swords, the spears that were thrown at them, Hashem turned them around and they came back and caused damage in the, in the Greeks' own camps. The same principle. When a person is going B'Shem Hashem, and he's going to be Matzlech. But how far is the Matzlech going to go? The Rabban writes in Parashas Vayichi that there was a certain Taina on the Chashmulayim. While after being victorious, they, so to speak, assumed the position of kings. And the Ramban says this was a mistake on their part. The Malchus is meant for Beis David, not for the Kohenim, the Chashmulayim. And indeed, the descendants of the Chashmulayim were wiped out. So much so the Gemara says that no one can claim to be a living descendant of the Chashmulayim anymore. And the Ramban says it's for this mistake. That they wanted to take the kingship for themselves. Why did they do that? Why were they able to do that? The same result. The Hashemunayim got up to fight B'Shem Hashem. They got up to fight B'Shem Hashem. And if that's the case, Hashem was with them. And if Hashem is worth a person, they're going to be successful in everything. Until they get the Melechot to. Maybe the mistake was that they gave the Melechot after their death as an inheritance to their sons. Maybe in their lifetimes they were given the success to do everything. To lead Klai Yisrael too. But after the Shev reverted to where it belongs. To the tribe of Yehuda. Maybe. But the fact that they became a lachim is because Hashem was with them. We've seen this, you say, by Yosef, by David, 
the Maccabim, when a person's way to deal with things is Hashem is here to do it for me, Hashem is here to help me. I'm not taking the credit. I'm not relying on my skills or my abilities or my knowledge. I'm relying on Hashem. Then HaKadosh Baruch does. But not just the point that Hashem was needed for, so to speak, when Hashem is coming to be with a person, then that's the key to success in everything. A person doesn't need more than that. Yosef, Hashem is going to help him interpret the dream. If Hashem is with Yosef, Hashem will help Yosef run a country. Hashem will help Yosef store food. Hashem will help Yosef direct Egypt. David relied on Hashem to help him kill Goliath. But when Hashem is with him, will be in future battles too. It will be to take over the country. It will become the king of Klai Yisrael. Okay, Hashem Imoy. Hashem is with the person. He needs nothing else. Like the Pazik says, we mentioned that before. Hashem is with the person. That person will be successful. Successful in everything they do.